Hey South Africa, welcome to Farmers Inside Track Weekend, Mzanzi's most downloaded farmers podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Food for Mzanzi. Now, if you've been following Food for Mzanzi, you would know that the recent VinPro Information Day was a huge success. This is the wine industry's number one annual event, finally back after COVID-19 forced organizers to cancel last year's conference. But it's a new year filled with loads of opportunities for black winemakers, as well as other black talent in the wine industry. Food for Mzanzi co-founder and editor-in-chief Ivor Price sat down with Riku Basson, the managing director of VinPro. Riku, it's been a tough two years with the COVID-19 pandemic and many wine producers are carefully optimistic about 2022. What do you foresee for the state of the Mzanzi wine industry? Ivor, thank you for that. I think in general in agriculture, we tend to be very optimistic when we get close to harvest, which is now due within one or two weeks. But I think there's a harsh reality, and that is that the industry could not trade for 200 days out of the last two years. And that most certainly has left a financial burden and a a lack of cash flow in a lot of cases. So I think recovery, which is the theme of our information day, will take some time. There are a lot of complex obstacles, things like input cost, which due to things like ESCOM minimum wage will be 15%, where it's normally about 7% at farm level. That will place a lot of pressure on farmers. We're still dealing with a bottle supply shortage. We're dealing with the Cape Town Harbour. So a lot of what seems to be negatives, but I think these are structural things coming from some of the decision-making and, and, and COVID. Is it unique? Not necessarily always. If we look at other countries' competitors, they struggle with climate, drought, frost, even labor. So I think in that context, we should look forward. I think there's a silver lining from where we are. I often say that it is fantastic to say that we are resilient. But I want to add, unless we also innovative, we will not have the growth and not have the progress. And I think that's exciting. So what we have seen coming out of COVID and within COVID is massive introspection from lots of companies changing overnight their strategic plan, becoming far more consumer driven, far more adaptable. And I think there is a lot of progression happening in there. It's going to take time. I think we're in a tough domestic environment where we sell 50% of our wine. Consumer spend is under pressure and therefore we see them trading down, which isn't always the best news for producers that need to shift this 15% cost somewhere. So I think it's going to be tough short term for price increases. I think if it happens, will be to the detriment of some of the volume. I think very positive is we manage to grow our exports. And if I say grow it, we've been able to export close to 400 million litres, which is 70 more than we, which we did in 2020. Good value. I think it's good to report growth in five markets, the UK, Canada, the USA, Nigeria in Africa and also China. And I think on some of that, yes, we are benefiting from uh, other countries that are struggling, either with the trade barrier, Australia, or with New Zealand, Sauvignon Blanc. But I think that's the game. We'll benefit, hopefully, that is sustainable growth that we see coming through. So as you've rightfully alluded, it's not all doom and gloom. Where are the opportunities for growth in the wine industry? 
There are 529 wineries. I think each and every one of them will have to go and sit down and say, well, what is my model? Where is my customer? You find that the customer has shifted his or her behavior completely. Yes, we've got e-commerce, which is about 7%, but that doesn't make up for the retail channel. So for me, we need to operate collectively. I think we have crafted a four-year recovery plan with key milestones, which range from inclusive growth transformation to the local market, global market, and then also competitiveness. So I think there's more than enough information available. The progression is there. There are still enough companies that make good return, but that comes with a sound business model with good advisors and alliances along the way. For others, we are in a structural oversupply if we look at some of the commodity wines that we do. And I think, again, one needs to ask the question, aren't we in a speculative market? If this was onions or potatoes or maize, the price determines where that goes. So tough choices that we need to make. Perhaps a slightly smaller industry is needed when we look at vineyards and area. But to the same extent, if I look at what we are investing at the moment, if I look at the technology we use, if I look at the quality of plant material, there is enough reason to have a positive, constructive discussion and take this forward. At Food from Zansi, we've noticed a mini explosion of black-owned wineries popping up in the last year. Is that a trend? Is there room for more players in the stuff market? I most certainly think so. One of the challenges of these models Look, a winery and winemaking is capital intensive is how do you scale this? To be client orientating, you need more than two bottles. You need a couple of thousand. To me, out of COVID, I think the entry via the taverner market has been a positive one. We always talk about what I call the missing middle in the domestic market. And this would be wine selling at 50 to 70 rand. We are trading lower than that at the moment. And I do think that with the right focus, these black brands with inclusive growth on transformation, with a strong client focus in new channels, that's exciting. I think there's a lot of benefit that can come from that, and I'm positive. It is no secret that transformation in the South African wine industry is happening rather slow. What can we do to expedite this? You know, I think we've traditionally looked at farm level, which is probably the most difficult. It's a capital intensive part to change. And the reality is the industry at that level is about three or four percent transformed. If we look at 51 percent and up, I do think we should look at two other elements. We should look at transforming the value chain, which mean we need black label companies, black bottle companies, and then also the people element. I think we are not emphasizing the huge change that we're seeing on talent and new people of color coming into the industry. I know it doesn't change the ownership part overnight. That will have to come with either huge funding, which is limited at the moment, or growth, which is part of our conversation as to how do we get this industry to the growing part. A number of things, but I think a value chain approach it's probably easier to start downstream and work your, your way back to a farm than doing it the other way around. Having said that, I think we've got a number of brilliant projects with progression and we need to keep on supporting them and make sure that they become more sustainable. Thanks for joining us, Riku Basson, Managing Director of Vinpro. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. Remember, if you love this podcast, you better rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. From Ito Numdu, our producer Megan van der Vent, 
And the rest of the Food from Zanzi team have an awesome weekend. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.